You're listening to Podcast with Yoshi Obayashi. Okay, welcome to a new episode, Yoshiden. I am back in Los Angeles at Rick Hall's uh, place, and um, I'm starting a new podcast called Bed Island Show with uh, Peter Warren, uh, senior editor for ABN, and also superstar Christina Rose. And if you've been following my podcast, they were on episode one, and uh, I'm very happy and delighted to be part of that team. And I am here with Aiko Tanaka and Rick Hall. And Aiko Tanaka is, you know, uh, you heard several episodes of Yoshiden, very funny comedian and actress. And um, I think she's a very good personality <laughs> um, in Japan. You know, Aiko, this is a talento, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I also enjoy your surreal, almost like, uh, who's that Spanish painter? Uh, the oh. melting hourglass. Oh, oh. Dali? Dali? Yeah, you do like a Dali like um, tweet. <laughs> it makes me laugh. Very funny. And um, um, I'm almost happy you're here because our the number is always better with you on the show. <laughs> Yay. And I'm here with Rick Hall. And um, I'm very happy that Rick is going back to Japan after four or five years for month of June through July. And I guess you're taking college credit class. You'll be going yeah. with um, a couple dozen students going to Japan for the summer, right? Yeah, so I'm not sure what my availability is going to be, but uh, if uh, there are any uh, Yoshi didn't uh, fans that would like to talk to an old bald gentleman, then uh, I'll, I'll later on I'll uh, give my availability. Uh, I'll probably know in about two weeks like what what's actually going to be going, but I'm there from the middle of June to the middle of July. Mm-hmm. I'll be staying at the Yoyogi Olympic Center, and uh, that's on the west side of Tokyo. And uh, yeah, I, I, I'd really like to meet people and talk to people, so look me up. Hit me up on, on uh, Twitter. Uh, my address is at uh, Toastubber, T-O-E-S-T-U-B-B-E-R. Yeah, so he is official Yoshiden representative. I am uh, not going to Japan anytime soon. So I'm, I'm, we'll talk. We keep doing the podcast, reminding people, and, and I hope you meet other people. And um, I, I think uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to going to Japan because one, I'm homeless, so I have to stay <laughs> at the place for the month. <laughs> but two, I, I think, um, you know, what, what is that? Um, um, who's that? Great Gatsby. Who wrote it? Fitzgerald. Yeah, mm-hmm. Scott Fitzgerald. What wasn't he the famous one who said the uh, second act in American Life or something? There, like there, yeah, there are no second acts in America. Oh, there are no second act. Okay. Yeah. Then maybe that uh, phrase doesn't uh, apply to in this situation. <laughs> but I think I, I like giving people chance, and I think that'd be good. You know, I think um, when you move into another country, um, yeah. it's good for you mentally. I think for most part, because. Um, give a pretty good mental exercise right you have to relearn everything yeah. things are considered proper in usa maybe mm. it's not proper in japan vice versa i i uh i, I think i blathered on about this the first time we mm-hmm. were talking about it but i just think i'm a much uh more interesting more uh awake person when i'm in a foreign country 
it's just something about being in this place where I've lived all my life that is just kind of really boring to me. It's kind of like when you when you're dating somebody for a long time, mm -hmm. there's initial period you're excited, but there's yeah. a point where you hit, hit a peak where it get chore and like yeah. you get tired of it. Yeah. yeah, I think it happens to people living in the same country too. Oh, mm -hmm. you know, you you get you get so comfortable in, in your routine, and after a while, you don't even think what you're doing. You just yeah. We all driving before. Have you, have you noticed like when you drive sometimes, mm -hmm. you don't even remember the actual driving because yeah. you do it the drive over and over. And yeah, yeah. I think it's kind of good to kind of give yourself a little bit of a shock and uh, do something different. And I think you live longer too. That's actually very insightful analogy that the driving thing because it's like when if you're stuck in you know if you're if you're bored with where you're living like I am I'm speaking for everyone even though I'm just talking about myself but mm -hmm. you know like, like I'm always living in either the past or the future but I rarely am like paying attention to what's going on sure. in the present so sometimes you live a life you're like in a automatic pilot mode mm. yeah and if you don't pay attention you could be in the Malaysian Airlines 370 <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know why we were even laughing at that I, I, I'm laughing because your your attempts at topical humor are always funny to me so <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? He's, gonna, he's gonna be working that airline crash into every uh, every conversation. Well, I mean, you know, uh, I'm gonna try to release this as soon as I can. But as soon as I release it, who knows? By the time I put this up, maybe they find it. Everybody's okay. <laughs> <laughs> How funny is it? They they all say April Fools, and it just <laughs> popped up. Right? It's like you had to throw out your entire act when uh, when Bobbitt got his dick sewed back on. Oh, I'm still doing that joke. <laughs> Hello, 1994, <laughs> whatever it was. <laughs> and this particular episode is sponsored by Rosie Tran's Out of the Box podcast because um, yeah. I'm releasing second episodes and her husband, Andrew, is kind enough to put it up for me and um, he does it for free. And oh. if you're looking for affordable podcasting service, uh, Rosie uh, and her husband could give you guys a pretty good price and uh, help you guys with that. So anyway, thanks for listening and um, once again, this podcast is going to be all over the place. You know, I just want to talk a couple of um, um, interesting subject matters. And uh, f first one was, um, it's, it's unrelated to Japan, actually. But uh, he wasn't, I, I think I met him a couple of times. And we don't have to mention his name. But someone I met and also a friend of our, uh, our good friend, Steve Katani, who's done one episode with me. Japanese? Uh, Katani-san? Uh, no, Katani. Oh. <laughs> Not Katani. <laughs> we, we, we jokingly call, and call him uh, Steve Kitanai. <laughs> <laughs> Kitanai is Japanese for dirty. But so Rick and Steve's friend uh, killed himself like a week ago. Or less than a week ago. Just a few days ago. Yeah. And um, um, I, 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 uh, I don't want to get detailed because I, didn't, I, I met him a couple of times. He seemed like a very, very nice guy. Um, yeah, I don't want to give his last name, but no, 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 yeah. no. But it's it's interesting because when you you were saying a lot of nice things that Steve was too, I think you're saying like he was a young guy, good looking, talented, this and that. Mm -hmm. But at, at the end of the day, uh, I could. Did you know a guy named uh, Greg Giraldo? Yeah, comedian? yeah. Last comic stunning. He was nice to me. Very good looking. I think Yale graduate, law school, very talented. <coughs> right. Yeah. Uh, Massive appeal. He gave up a, a successful career to be a, a dirty stand-up comic. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. 
So he was a good-looking guy, very smart, uh, well-loved among comedians, uh, commercially successful, and I think eventually, if he lived, he would have had a lot of success. But um, um, and this is I was actually talking to Jim Norton, a, a massive, uh, talented comic and successful stand-up comic from New York on a show called Opie Anthony. But um, <clears throat> I was talking to him three weeks ago, and I was telling him I read something on Psychology Today after he killed himself. Oh no, no, he didn't kill himself. He had an overdose, yeah, yeah. but yeah. he was living a very dangerous life with the drugs and things like that. Yeah, and uh, he overdosed and died. And in this Psychology Today article, he, he, he keeps saying it was just heartbreaking because he keeps saying he con he considered himself a piece of shit over and over again. You mm. know, if you say that once or twice about your friends as a jokingly, it's funny, but yeah, the way he was saying it. When I read that article, it, it was true. He really felt about himself. And um, the friend of yours who passed away a couple of days ago. Uh, yeah, I, I, I look at those as, as different kinds of, uh, of deaths. I mean, you can lump them generally into the, the category of killing yourself. But I think of, like, when I think of my addiction, I know that, that uh, I've you know, I've always had low self-esteem, but I, I think that addiction like plays into your your low self-esteem. And with Gerardo, I don't think he uh, I don't think he intentionally killed himself. Does, no, is, no, there no, any, no. is there any uh, evidence I, that I, he I, did? That one, that was not a suicide, but um, he must feel a lot of. I, I don't. I didn't know the guy, but he must feel a lot of pain for need to have drugs and stuff. I think I, one thing I remember is like when you you tell yourself you're not going to do something, and you do it over and over again and prove yourself a liar. Mm -hmm. That's incredibly damaging to your self-esteem. I mean, you're mm -hmm. you, you you know part of building part of having a healthy ego is feeling like you're in control of your life and the yeah. idea that you your brain is saying one thing yeah. and you're and your your nature is saying something different you know yeah. it's, it's until you can break that cycle it's like you're always going to think of yourself as a piece of shit on some level yeah i, I didn't want to like, equate what happened to your friend a couple of days ago same thing but yeah. um like I, I, on the new podcast we interview a guy named mark spiegler you know who it is and then if you don't know who he is he's the biggest agent in adult business very honest guy he's incredibly honest he cares about his uh, client but we were talking on the show and there was a guy named uh, in a porn called John Valjean mm. which is a character from Les Miserables but that's the stage name for this French actor porn guy mm -hmm. tall good looking long hair he, he's, he's like uh, the kind he's of beautiful yeah he's, he's got the kind of good looks that, that a lot when women go for especially like it's kind of like a, a Japanese aesthetic because it's he's got that uh, androgynous kind of appeal, you know. He looks kind of girlish. Women. He's got like l really long, pretty hair. He's and, literally, yeah. uh, he's beautiful. Yeah. And, and um, there's a there's a porn girl named Courtney Combs. Yeah. yeah. Com Combs. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful girl. I'm. Mean, she's beautiful, right? But in one of the porn, she said, "Oh my God, you're prettier than me." That's how. <laughs> that's how good looking. <laughs> but when I was talking to Mark Spiegler, he was telling me he had a really low self esteem. Mm -hmm. So it just shows like. You just never know what's going through people, you know. Mm -hmm. um, we had a, a, a director in adult business. Rick and I were working in that business for a long time, Jake Malone. I consider him as a friend, 
and uh, I talked to him maybe a week before he jumped on a, from a bridge in Long Beach and um, he had addiction problem but um, I really liked him a lot I, I'm very sad and uh, pretty soon the porn community is gonna have a porn funeral where yeah. it's like theater that's what I don't like about it because yeah. there's a I wish we could have done more for this and that. No, reality is you didn't want to do more. Yeah. I love for a lot of those people who who does this. It's like when you go to airport TSA, mm -hmm. it's it's a really theater. They're only acting to make you feel comfortable, but I don't think they're really doing a whole lot. Mm. Well, it's 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 uh, two different things. It's like the, he had a lot of friends in the industry, and I'm sure they feel bad that he killed himself. And uh, but he also it was part of a business, and in any industry. There's a lot of hatred going around. A lot sure. of people probably are glad he's dead. You know, it's yeah. like it, that's just the way it is when you work work with pe in competition with yeah. people. You know, yeah. I have a question. So in this country, like in Japan, when people jump off the cliff or whatever, hmm. we take off the shoes. Do you hmm. guys do that here? Nah, right? I never heard of that. Before, oh. like we have to take off the shoes. Uh. <laughs> it's funny that gamana really? doesn't matter. You, yeah. You're going to hell anyways, but uh -huh. like you have to take off the shoes. That you know, it's it, it that's the funny thing about when I um talk with Rick and Eichel because when Rick asked me certain question in Japanese language or culture, I yeah. really have to think. And like Rick is a master grammar master. Like he it he'll be like a grammar Nazi, you know. <laughs> like he, he know his stuff. And he and sometimes he'll ask me a question about Japanese language. I can possibly explain why. I just I just remember like no in that in in uh, in that situation I'll say this way. He asked me why and like I don't know. I just remember l learning mm. to speak Japanese early on. I have no idea. It's kind of like I'm driving a car. I have no idea what inside of the engine does. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm driving. I just know this is what I need to drive. But mm. I have no idea what makes something run in a car. Wait, we'll get back to suicide in a moment. Uh, but let me ask her the question I was asking you earlier. Okay. What? Uh, Yarimas mm. and uh, uh, shimas. Shimas. Mm. Uh, what what is the difference? Why, why, why it's the same. Yarimas is I'm about to do it, and mm. shimas is I'm going to, to do, do it. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So is, there, is there a situation yeah. you would use one instead of the other? Um, depends on how it flows, but it 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 means the same. Exactly the same. Yeah. Mm. Um. But what was the one you you asked me and to me? Uh, was it suru? Or what yeah, was it? Yeah, yeah, shimas. Yeah. Like shimas, like I'm going to do. Huh. Seem more polite than yaru. Yaru sounds a little more like manly, yeah. And and, and but you and would never say you wouldn't just say suru, right? Uh, that, that's, suru. That, that sounds weird. No, mm. shimasu yeah. or yaru. Yeah. Yeah. And so. and I don't know why, but. Uh, uh, it doesn't sound like yaru means I'm going to do it, but that doesn't sound like something that women would say. Yeah, it's uh -huh. more manly. It's it seemed more abrupt. Yeah, uh -huh. and and seemed a little curt. Yeah. But I can tell you why. Like Rick and I we were watching Japanese movie, and when I watched what they say versus the translation, it 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 wasn't accurate. Mm. Mm -hmm. and, and I think the example I use, like when you jump from airplane parachute, and you know, you've seen these games where on the ground there's like a bullseye and all the circles, concentric yeah. circle, yeah. Yeah. and you're trying to come closest to the bullseye. Some of the translation comes near the, the circles around it, 
but uh-huh. it doesn't hit the middle of it. You mm. know. Well, this is uh, I can tell you exactly what it was. We were watching Tom Popo and uh, the uh, classic, and uh, one one of the uh, one of the actors was one of the characters was telling the lead actor who is. Uh, uh, Koji. Yes, uh, yes, mm-hmm. Koji Yakusho, mm. and um, he was telling him. He was calling him out, saying that he was uh, hot for Tom Popo, who's played by Nobuku. Mimoto. No, no, the, the main guy is uh, Yamazaki Tsutomu. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I'm the sorry. girl. That's the, yeah. Other, the other one. Yeah, yeah. He, he's the guy. Uh, we're going to talk about Tom Popo by uh, Juzo Itami, mm. and um, and uh, Mr. Yamazaki played a guy named Goro with a cowboy yeah. hat. So the one character was telling Goro that uh, he's. Uh, He's romantically interested in Tampopo, and, and uh, he, the translator uh, in the subtitles, said it as "You're sweet on Tampopo." Oh, that's right. And uh, the uh, what was the uh, the Japanese verb? Horeteru. How would you explain that in English? Horeteru, like I have a crush on. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So th- that sounds to me like. The the idiom, uh, your are sweet on her, it would be the same thing in English, as like I've got you've, you've got a crush on her. Baholeteru. That word will annoy me if somebody tried to say that. Why? <laughs> it's really annoying. I hate that word. Why? Cause you know what it is. It's it's too sweet. Is it too nosy? Cause that that's the. It has know, nothing to do with yeah. it. Maybe I just have like, horeteru. Uh. In English, horny, like mm. it, it has. Oh. Uh, mm. Obviously, there's no connection with the two, but I never liked it. I don't remember. I. Oh, you know what? I remember that one time. I was talking to my cousin, second cousin in Japan, and this is so weird. He's my second cousin. His wife. His wife is is sister of my aunt's husband uncle like like there's two people married in that side mm. you know like anyway she was I was saying nice thing about my cousin and her their kid Akiko mm. she's very smart very attractive I'm saying really nice things and she's she said like why you keep saying that are you hold it uh, like yeah. I don't have that kind of feeling for her I just uh I knew him like a little girl. I just adored her. I'm glad she became a doctor and things like that. But it was just such, such a weird thing. Like, mm. what? Like, we were cousins. Oh. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I don't know. Yeah. Oh. But it's, it's fun talking with Rick because the more he learns, more questions he has for me, I have to relearn, rethink like why I say the way I do. Because I'm a kedamono, <laughs> which is Japanese for beast. Uh, and uh, when I talk Aiko, then she she will explain like it's kind of like like I feel like I'm floating between you two, you know. And yeah. uh, more TV show I watch, the more I talk to her. It's it's fun. And this is not something I could do with Japanese American because most Japanese Americans don't speak Japanese at all. Yeah. Mm. You know. Yeah. It's a really weird dis- disconnect when I meet Japanese Americans because. They're very different from the rest of the Asian group in America because the trauma of World War II internment mm. camp and shame and being Japanese was mm. such a horrific experience. The parents didn't want the Japanese kids to learn Japanese culture and language. Yeah, you know? yeah. 
<coughs> so, um, yeah, so anyway, this, this is a dilemma for Japanese living in the uh, USA and I think Japanese living in Brazil. But anyway, going, going back with the suicide thing, I guess my point was, I, I guess it's kind of like that scene from Usual Suspect with um, Kevin Spacey's character playing Right. You know, uh, you yeah. Know, uh, like afterward, like when you look him back, Kaiser Kaiser so, yeah. it's so obvious. Like I should have known. Yeah. But when people kill themselves, I look back like, man, I, sh I should have seen it. But you, I never do. I, mm. you know, I have my dad, my cousin, uncle. I, Nathan was hanging out with us at just like the other weekend, and uh, I mean, I don't know if you remember him, but he was like he, he was just a really shy guy. He was always very quiet. Yeah. And, and uh, that was kind of the problem it's like he was incredibly nice and the, and the thing I was, I was talking with Steve about it and they did a lot of projects together he did a ton of work he did the the theme song to yeah. uh, to two of Steve's movies he, he did uh, credit sequences and um, uh, design props and all this stuff and he did all this stuff for low or no pay and no drama whatsoever just uh, this guy was like he would just show up and do his thing and it was always always kicked ass it, it it just is incredible and 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 then when he killed himself the only uh note that he left or or the only thing he left behind was like his last on his blog he 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 wrote uh, a suicide blog entry and uh basically just said uh i um, on this day, I uh, put a sawed-off shotgun to the back of my head and yeah. pulled the trigger with my right finger. And it, with any luck, I I'm dead now. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was it was it, but it was that it was it's just so weird. It's like it's so even even his suicide note, even like the the most extreme thing you could possibly think of, he does with like no fanfare, no drama. The rest of the note. 90% of the note is just him saying sure. check out my friend's projects check out my you know my friend who does uh, she's a stand up comedian you know yeah the, it's like th that's it like you do, it's just uh, uh, you know in uh, right after this I want to talk Aiko some of her friends or acquaintances killing themselves in Japan yeah then I want to talk about their lie you know yeah, yeah. lie hearted stuff after that but um for those like your suicide yes yeah mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. which involves uh, a lot of my friends going with me <laughs> <laughs> um you know for, for those of you who, who actually kind of follow my life and, and it's really weird when i meet people I actually know a little bit about myself and you know um that's very kind of them to contact me and mm. i used to be on the show called dvd essay with david cho and we, we had our difference and i don't want to get in detail because some of the stuff was withhold and like i thought it was unfair how, how everything ended but um um dave Dave cho used to complain about um sometimes the way i do comedy problem is um <laughs> whenever i do open mic and different shows i always do different material because it's it's some of it's topical but i'm just kind of like it's not fun for me to keep doing the same shit over and over so i do different things yeah. but those little shows that like most people don't go and see me and when i do like a main show sometimes if i'm getting paid i just want to make sure i i do stuff that will get laugh and whatnot so when he saw it he used to complain to me that i do the same shit but why do i have to do so dark and this and that but 
I, I just feel like even Russell Peter also complained like why do you do such a uh, um, confrontation act or dark and stuff like that but it's the same reason why I don't want to keep that shit like a lot of the Asian people and some of my friends ended up hurting themselves um, whatever the problem I've been having that day or week I'm having bad week or whatnot and I go on stage and I say this horrible thing ruin, ruining audience's feelings mm -hmm. but at the same time it's helping me because I'm getting out of my system you know uh -huh. and um, I, I, ironically I feel better when I see this horrible shit because I get this horrible shit out of my system mm -hmm. problem is it doesn't do nothing for my career it upset people but mm -hmm. I feel like men, mental health wise I feel good, like I get all the shit out of my chest, you know. So that's uh, sort of the story of your life. The worse you can make other people feel, the better you feel. Yeah, yeah. it really does. I mean, I'm, I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I, I get that shit out of my system. <laughs> Having said that, I know some people complain to David Cho about, why don't you just do art, this and that, supposedly? Because, you know, my brother still listen to it, and other people tell me that. But I could completely understand. Uh, I think it's important for him to do that show because it's nothing more dangerous than when you have a lot of money and a lot of time. Mm -hmm. It's really dangerous. And if you have an addicting personality, and then, believe me, I, I don't understand addiction. Um, it's, it's, it's hard for me to understand. I don't, I don't get it, but it's a serious problem. So I think anything that keep him away from getting in trouble or doing something bad I think it's good it's actually good that it's it's helping him it just I was not good part of that you know mm. because he got angry he'll say things and he only could see faults in me but um, it, it's um, it's always easy to point a finger to someone but trying to understand them that's a really difficult to do and I think it's hard for him to listen to people Dave, if you're listening, when you point a finger at Yoshi, remember that three fingers are pointing back at you. <laughs> I hope your plane crash when you fly to Japan. <laughs> anyway, I, I think it's good that he's doing it because it's, it's um, that kind of money and time, free time. It's really bad. So anyway, going back to um, so I, you know, uh, you you grew up in Japan. Yeah. And. Isn't it like Jisatsu, Japanese mm. for suicide? Mm -hmm. It seems very common, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and, and there's... How, how much stigma is there for suicide these days? I have two friends who did it. Mm -hmm. and uh, So one girl, her name is Kokoro, means heart. And she has a big titties. So then like... Oppai. Oppai. Mm. Yeah. It's huge. And um, she got into wrong relationship. She was 16. She was with this guy for like... He was like 40 years old. He cheated on her, and so 24 years difference. Yeah, he's old enough to be her father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember even as a girl, like every time she walk in the room, I'd be like, "Wow, like look at her titties." Like I didn't really care about her personality, or I didn't know she had issues because her tits was so huge. And <laughs> so we we never really, you know, ask her how she's doing, whatever. One day she took a lot of sleeping pill and she died. It, it was was that do you think it was on purpose yeah she was like hurt from like she would attract one guy because it was all about her body I think yeah. so they, they couldn't see beyond her yeah 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 so that and also another guy he was in school this is really weird like it, it could be like not suicide but 
they found him in a locker, like the small, how do you yeah, say? Yeah. And hung inside. And then that was really small. Like he couldn't even, how do you say, stand up. Yeah. He was all bent inside there. Yeah. So then his parents was like, cop has to do investigation because my son was not depressed or anything. Yeah. Oh. And they think it's something like a... Plus, how could he even get himself into the locker? Yeah. Yeah, like a ra- uh, yeah. racial thing. But then school never did it. And what do you mean racial thing? Like, What is maybe he? He's not Japanese? He was Japanese, but then he got sent to, like, American. Like, they didn't have any Japanese student in that school. Oh. And, um... But he killed himself in the USA? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Or he yeah. was killed. So then his parents thought like he got killed because it was really where, weird. where was it in the States? I forgot. It's like um, how you say it? like Midwest, not in New York or LA, Midwest, but yeah. in the area like they wouldn't have much Asian. Yeah, like Idaho or one of these like potato places. Idaho, or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah, and um, so that happened. But then school didn't want to do it like because I think once you become a murder, then school's gonna be sued. So then they kept it like it was like suicide mm. it was weird weird things happen as far as the girl goes you know um that's do, 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 do you know why what was the parents reaction i don't know i think i don't know about that like but you said she was a teenager when she killed herself so she was Yes, no, she was 16 and met this guy, so she was at least like a 20. She was in a relationship, yeah, for a while. Um, Well, that's... People do that impulsive thing when they get their heart broken. Yeah. It seems like a lot of work. You gotta put passion to it, Mm -hmm. and then break up, and you gotta dwell on it. Like, Mm -hmm. it seems like a lot of work. Well, my mom, one time she was walking. And then she's nosy, so she peek on like there's bushes. She peek for some reason, mm. and there's a guy hanging on the tree. So she's like, she saw somebody like dead. Mm. Your mom did? She saw it. Yeah, she saw somebody. Wait, 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 wait. I don't wait. Hold on, hold on. In Tokyo. He was hanging from a tree. Yeah. But wait, she was walking, and all of a sudden she want to look into somebody's yard. You know, in Japan, there's like a little wall and has a hole on top like this. Yeah. She, I don't know. She's nosy. So uh-huh. she looked and then there was somebody hanging on the tree. She saw it and it was like freaking out. Was it a, uh, was it a school or something? What was No, it's just residential area. But I think around that time, maybe like they have a lot of like really high suicidal rates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was kind of everywhere. So it was someone's backyard? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you remember um, there's a part or oh, there's forest in near Tokyo within? Yeah. A, and it's very famous. The, the, the cell phone reception doesn't work. I've heard it's very that. common That's that so the park scary. ranger will always find like multiple bodies nearby because there's copycat suicide shit in Japan. Yeah. They'll go there and, and they, they will kill themselves. And there's like do it yourself suicide chat rooms and things like that. Mm. And um, I. You know, I'm I'm, I'm atheist. I, I I just don't think. I think life is pretty meaningless. I think you could make an effort and put a meaning to your life, but I just think every life is meaningful. I don't. I'm sorry. You know, people got killed in nine eleven. What was their purpose? Or living in city country? But, um. But I have to say, 
the one thing that Christianity has done in Japan, it's interesting. Like, whenever you see homeless people are getting help, it's usually one of those Christian missionary group. Yeah. Because there's some mean shit with Buddhism because they think, because karma, they yeah. think if you're homeless, you must have done something in previous life. Mm. So they're inclined to let poor people or homeless people suffer because they just think, well, they must have done something wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember one time, I had a little bit of change. I gave a big enough change, and the, uh, this homeless bigger person, like, oh, isn't that too much money to give away? I'm ah. not, I never heard that, like, I think you're giving away too much money. Yeah, yeah. Only in Japan was something like that happen. I, it really took me, <laughs> I was taken a, you know, back. Um, also, homeless in Japan is really organized, huh? They make nice houses with, like, the paper and really clean. But here, it's homeless. called origami, I call. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's like uh, there's so few places where y- they can be that they have to make these little tent cities because otherwise, because mm-hmm. they, cha- they, they get so aggressively chased out of every other public space, you know, that they, if they find some alley or something where the, they're where they're left alone mm-hmm. then everybody has to go to that one place and, and build a house uh, that's the, the impression I got when I was there because I would see very few homeless people the, the only ones I would see are, would be like the odd just dirty drunk passed out on the sidewalk somewhere sure. in, in the public and the other ones were like you were saying just these yeah. you know, tarps really elaborate like constructions uh, on the on the outskirts, you know, by the railroad track or something like that. It, it's very strange because uh, I think party because people make judgment about them because they they just wonder. We all have family, so if you're not getting help and you're homeless, you you must done something bad to them not to get a help or something. Yeah, it's it's a lot of these like unsympathetic thinking going on, and yeah. um, it's not like I'm a bleeding heart liberal any, by any means, but. Sometimes things happen in life where where you get in trouble. I mean, I'm barely like, I'm one notch above homeless person. Yeah. I joke a lot, but you know, Rick's been very supportive, and I have a bunch of other friends. But if I didn't have them, if one of them say can't help you no more, um, you know those guys that like have a stick with the plates on top and they keep spinning around. <laughs> yeah. I have to run back and forth with different plates. <laughs> if if somehow Rick played or Ernie played or Eugene played. Uh, Rosie train plate. If one of them breaks, then it, it, it gets critical mass. I'm, I'm, I'm Wait, start. I'm I don't want to make you nervous, Yoshi, but my plate is wobbling quite a bit. Or yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I had a friend offer me a place to stay in San Jose, but problem is, if I move to San Jose, California, it, it's pretty much like DefCon three or four for me because I won't able to do any of the show business stuff, you know, up mm-hmm. there. And like at this point, um. I dug myself such a big hole. It, it's there's. It's at the point where I can't even jump out of the hole. I have to keep digging to the bitter end, you know. Mm. But um, yeah, so I, I have nothing but sympathy. You know, I, I didn't plan to be in this situation at age forty-four, but um, I'll, I'll just continue on. But yeah, I, I, I do feel bad for them because uh, they're so handicap issues, homeless people. I don't know. It just seems so harsh. Yeah. And I'm not a fan of Christianity, but when I do meet those in Japan, I have to say, they seem very kind-hearted. Hate to say it because I'm, I hate religion, but um, when I meet those people, very rare. But when I do, 
they're they're really going out of their way to help help homeless people in Japan. You know, mm -hmm. well, and, um, that that kind of I think you were about to ask that question earlier. Do you think there's less of a stigma now because people are more Westernized in Japan? Like, uh, I mean, or more? I'm sorry, more of a stigma because you know, in the old days, like suicide was just extremely accepted way of dealing with your problems oh they did a cool like harakiri yeah yeah they like honorable like it was cool but these days do. do you think it's kind of there's some shame around it around killing yourself or having a yeah yeah i i think as far as people are stressed because lack of uh, employment or something yeah i i, I think it's it's different because rick and i we're old enough to remember like mid to late 80s nothing but fear in states about Japan taking over everything. Mm -hmm. Back then, if you worked really hard in school, you went to right college, lifetime employment in, in Kaisha, which is Japanese for corporation. Mm -hmm. But that word Kaisha is more than corporation. It's really like, <laughs> it's really like rest of your life. Yeah. Everything associated with you, it's job. Like you may meet your spouse at work, mm -hmm. you, you know, and uh, if you work for Sony, you work them for the rest of your life. You you meet people in holidays with your colleagues and things like that. You use their maybe banking system or maybe buy a car from. Mm -hmm. You know, you know what I mean? It's like that you associate so much with the one comp company, Kaisha, right? Mm -hmm. Because of a large twenty years of harsh mm -hmm. economic situation in Japan, mm -hmm. for lifetime employment is not really possible for most people anymore. Right, mm -hmm. I mean, it's just it's it's really different. So um, I haven't been in Japan in the last eleven years, and um, I I don't know what what to say. I I I hope people are more understanding of the situation. I think you know you were saying before we were recording, a lot of your yourself and your friends who was definitely gonna have a difficult time just live in Japan. Yeah. You leave. Yeah. 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 And 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 uh, it's unfortunate because. They need to be flexible and change with the time, and I don't think they're doing that. Mm. What's that definition, sanity? Keep doing the same way over and over, expecting different results. Yeah, and they're really having a hard time to change. And you know, this earthquake and tsunami in Japan, I think that really put doubts in young people. We we already talked about this before. Yeah, how, how incompetent government was, you know. Yeah, and then because of like radiation, people are moving out. Like my sister lived in. My whole family live in Tokyo, yeah. and my sister's moving to country because mm. it says it's really bad. So getting weaker. And that's that's unbelievable because you go back 25 years ago, Inaka countryside, people from there moved to Tokyo. Mm. Mm. What does that tell you when the major city people leaving? You know. That's well, maybe the, hopefully the property values will go down, and I can. Uh, it has. I mean. Yeah. Uh, the bubble in the 80s was unbelievable, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's still expensive to live in Tokyo. Uh, yeah, I don't think prices are in any major city are going down anywhere. So. Oh. It's called Kasoka, right? Like the, the country that? country area. So the older generation would work at the farm mm -hmm. or whatever, make vegetables. But then their kids doesn't want to stay there. Yeah. They want to all move to Tokyo. Mm -hmm. So then there's nobody who's going to take over the business and then become smaller city. Yeah, but yeah. now, I guess people want to move out from Tokyo to the yeah. country. Yeah. yeah. So. A lot of changes. Anyway, good luck in Japan, Rick. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. I'm not worried about radiation. Uh, I, if anyone has a cheap place in uh, <laughs> Fukushima, I'll, uh, I'll 
I heard the seaweed is good for you. Like if you eat seaweed, you can protect yourself. Is it true? <laughs> good luck with that one. <laughs> good luck with that. The suicide uh, a seaweed defense. Yeah. <laughs> so any anyway, um, I, I, rest in peace, Jake Malone, and we don't want to we don't have to mention your friend, but I, I I'm very sad to hear that. He, I, I I just wanted to say about Nathan, like he he was just. Uh, Aside from the fact that he was so uh, quiet, and um, you know, that, which is why I really never got to know him. Really, he was just so very. Uh, I, he was just somebody I, I I had like a little bit of jealousy of. You know, he was. He seemed like he had everything yeah. that I want. You know, you know, he was like, wow. uh, and and there was a lot of. I had a lot of hope for him. I thought, man, this guy's going places. You know, yeah. It just seemed like it's just really, uh, it's really fucked up to to snuff that out. I, I'm I'm very anti-suicide, even though I I do agree. <laughs> I do agree as an atheist that yes, people die all the time. They're going to die. Everybody's going to die. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think your life necessarily has meaning to anyone else, but it should have meaning to you. Yes. And I, that's that's really where my morality comes into play I just think it's a real shame when people think that their life is meaningless I, I just think uh, you know I, I gotta be careful because my dad did it my cousin did it my uncle did it yeah. but um, um, mm. if, if I'm 85 90 years old and have a terminal cancer or something or Alzheimer's or something mm -hmm. I, yeah. I, I think if I'm in that situation I, I'm, I might look into suicide option you know but I would like to say goodbye tour or yeah, something, you yeah, know, yeah. Then like... How would you go? Me? Yeah. I don't like this gun thing because um, it's messy. Clean. Oh, <laughs> Somebody yeah. has to clean up. I oh. don't it's, like it's, that. It's not cool. It doesn't... Yeah, it seems like a real... It, it's very violent to the rest of the world, you know. It's like you're saying, here, here's a big mess for you, you know. You might as well be taking a big dump on all your loved ones, you know. Just <laughs> Depends how if I have enough energy and have a moment of clarity. Let's say my, my I'm uh, I have a terminal cancer. It's it, uh, it's just a matter of time. I'm, I'm going through uh, suffer or whatnot, but I could move around. I'm so Americanized. I, this idea <laughs> of you killing yourself because things go bad. I I'll probably if I have enough um, energy, I'll probably make a list of people I don't like and try to <gasps> kill as many as I can. Mm. Yeah. Oh. That 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 I love. Well, that's, that's why I, then I'm then I'm torn because I don't want to die, but I hope <laughs> you get cancer. <laughs> <laughs> Just people that I really loathe. And like uh, who? Depends. Depends, <laughs> depends on the day. I think you better keep that to yourself. You you think <laughs> when you're 85, you have that much hatred? Like. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I I don't know. It it keeps me alive. Hating <laughs> people. It keeps you young. Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> How would you go? I've always fantasized, and it, I, not, I, I've always fantasized of uh, about jumping off of a high building. For I can't reason. do that. I'm I, I, I don't yeah. think I, I don't think I would ever do it. I, I total horrible fear of heights, but it's like you gonna it, pull Jizio Itami on us? It's a, <laughs> it's a it's a it's like a fantasy in the sense that it's something that I dream about as a nightmare. You know, mm. it's like a it's like a horrible nightmare. I can't yeah. help. Picking, picking up the scab, thinking about it. Yeah, you know, but I don't think I would ever do it because I am just so shit scared of heights. I I, I mm -hmm. think if I don't kill a bunch of people I don't like, then uh, I, I wouldn't mind going like heroin or something. 
Yeah, that is. Uh, I don't mind. People talk about the coward's way out. That that would definitely be my coward's way out because I know, you know, I, it's just a massive seems, euphoria. It's, right? it's like the easiest way yeah. to go out. You'd be uh. you'd, you'd you'd be killing all your pain before you, you die. You probably wouldn't even realize. Yeah. How would you do it? Buffet. What? Buffet. Just buy buffet. Just like eat all this food, go to buffet, just keep on eating. I don't think it works that way. It doesn't work. What is it? You know what's that going to do? You're going to get so fat you wish you were dead. <laughs> But it's not going to kill you. Uh -huh. How dare you? We've been serious. No, you're talking about, I just want to eat a bunch of delicious food and I can't do it anymore. <laughs> All right, enough with the suicide talk. Yeah, but uh, anyway. um, there's um, Rest in peace, everybody. <laughs> so um, I I asked um, like four or five days ago to everybody to watch um, um, Cutie and the Boxer mm. uh, documentary and also Tom Popo. So um, let's jump into Tom Popo for first. Um, Rick, I, I'm just curious. How would you explain to people who's never watched Tom Popo, which is by a great director, Juzo uh, Itami? Mm. Oh, is that is that Itami Juzio? Itami Juzo in Japanese. Japanese, mm. yeah. Juzo Itami in American. Mm. Uh, it's a wonderful film. They call it. Um, I call it um, uh, ramen Eastern. <laughs> yeah, ah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's got a it's it's got kind of a Western motif, but it's it's all a modern story, uh, but it it. The story goes all over the place. There's like a, one main story, but then there's all these other ra random, seemingly random scenes. But then the thing that unifies the entire movie is food and humans' relationship to food and uh, and food and sex. Food and sex. Food and uh, you know social uh, conventions and food and uh, and cooking is a, a big sure. part of it you know just like you know the yeah. the art of cooking and the art of serving food and everything about food yeah. it's, it's 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 very uh, it's just an amazing movie because it it's comedy for most part it's a it's comedy it's got a really light comic touch to it yeah sorry this cat is going all over the place and um, um, it, it has a star uh, Yamazaki Tsutomu mm. and um Rick and I, we were shocked because this is something to uh, thank God for Wikipedia because <laughs> he was in a movie, High and Low, yeah. which is a movie by uh, Akira Kurosawa or Kurosawa Akira. Uh. And uh, he played a kidnapper in that movie. And like, I didn't even realize, I didn't even make connection until I read that yesterday. Yeah. But that movie is incredible. Yeah. Mm. Tengoku Jigoku or Jigoku to Tengoku, which is heaven and hell. But mm. in the. Uh, American translations go high and low, mm. but boy, talk about modern Japan and modern uh, detective story, mm. and uh, boy, uh, who's in it? Uh, Toshiro Mihume, yeah. oh. Nakadai. Yeah, my favorite. And uh, of course, you have the star of Tom Popo, uh, Yamazaki Tsutomu, playing the kidnapper, mm. but boy, you, uh, there's so many other major Japanese actors in that uh, high and low, but boy, uh, what a pleasant surprise. To see him and in in Tampopo, there's also uh, Ken Watanabe mm. in uh, Last Samurai. He was also in uh, um, uh, Batman, the recently Batman movie. He was also in uh, what was the movie with Leonardo DiCaprio? Uh, Titanic. Uh, no, no. <laughs> 
Oh, the building is shifting around in a dream sequence. Uh, I um, don't know. It's uh, it's the same director who did the um, Batman movies. Not Dark City. No, 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 no. no. It, it was uh, Inception. Inception, yes, yes. Oh, he was in it? I didn't know. Yeah, he was fantastic. Kim Watanabe is a great actor. He's so distinguished, tall, dark, good-looking. And, uh, but in Japan, is he the biggest star in Japan? No. So outside in the outside of USA, he's more famous outside of Japan. Yeah. 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 Because mm. you know when you talk about Smapu, mm. the boy band, and they also act and then they do comedy. Right. Uh, Takamura Ken or uh, what's his name? The best looking guy. Kimura Takuya. Oh, Kimura yeah. Takuya. Yeah. Mm. He's kind of like the Japanese Brad Pitt, right? Yeah. Um, he's humongous in Japan, and I think he's probably bigger than Watanabe Ken. Yeah. But internationally, mm. Walter Neverkin is huge. Yeah. He's been in the big blockbuster films, you know. Mm. So it's interesting why someone will make huge in their own country, but they don't make it big in uh, overseas. But mm. yeah, yeah. So Tom Popo, I, I, I really enjoyed it a lot. I finally saw it first time in 20 years. And um, what, what, what else did you like? It's basically uh, Jijio Itami's wife. Uh, Miyamoto Nobuko. Yeah, she plays the main character in Tom Popo. She's just awesome. She's the, one of the greatest actresses. And Rick, you said something interesting. You say she's great. She's got a great face. Uh, reminds you of Lucia Ball. It, yeah, the, her her ad attitude reminds me of Lucia Ball because she's not she's not afraid to make herself look goofy. I mean, she's and and uh, when it's, and she can be t uh, quite tender. Yeah, and and. She can be a credible love interest, you know, like a Hollywood style. But she's just got a, she's just got everything, and she's very charming. Her, um, her face is not like conventionally pretty, but then sometimes when she cleans up, she looks very, very pretty. Yeah, it, it's just she's got a really odd look to her. Other times she looks like really schlubby, but she. She's able to adapt her face to whatever situation. To me, she seemed very versatile. Yeah, you know. She was also in the movies called Marusano Onna, the same yes, director. Yeah, yeah. She was really good in it. It's about like the tax invasion. Yeah. In English, it was yeah. Taxing Women Part yeah. One and Two. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah I I love yeah. that movie. And then there was the last one was Marusano Onna, which oh. uh, which is apparently the one that was the last straw that got Itami killed by uh, the Yakuza. Yeah, I mean, or, or supposedly commits, committed suicide, but uh, we've talked about okay, that. Okay, so let's talk about that for a minute yeah. before we jump into the movie. So Juzio Itami. Juzo. Juzo Itami. Hi. He, okay, so he was a talented director and actor. In the late 90s, like 96, 97, mm -hmm. there was an article talking about uh, his infidelity. Mm -hmm. um, I don't, I'm generalizing, but infidelity happens everywhere. But in Japan, it doesn't have as a big stigma in Japan like that does in states. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and somebody of um, Geinojin, which is Japanese word for uh, mm -hmm. people in show business, right? Uh, I, I think it's almost understood. Even his wife, who stars in Tampopo, kind of knew. So the, the reason why we're talking about it because there's a journalist named Jake Adelstein we talk about. Big, mm -hmm. We're both big fan. I don't agree with his human trafficking issues, but that's another issue. But yeah. but when it comes to mob and crime issues, uh, Jake Addison is incredible. He believes Jizio Itami was killed, murdered. Uh, basically, Yakuza, the mobs, grabbed him uh, at the hotel and threw him out of the window. Mm. 
but they made it look like he committed suicide. Mm. And uh, didn't you tell me like the, the the suicide note was typed and he really didn't type or something? I did. Uh, I can't remember, but it was in um, the Tokyo Vice book. Uh, Adelstein ta talks about it like uh, at length. It's 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 an amazing story because they they had already stabbed him three movies before that. For uh, I think for uh, taxing women because yeah for a taxing woman uh, because the mobs were uh, laundering their money through pachinko parlors mm. oh yeah and everybody kind of knew about it but um, I think he was I could be wrong but I think he might have been Hiroshima in the movie theater mm. Mm. Um, he even criticized the emperor or something but some nuts tried to stab him multiple times he survived wow. but um, um, he was a brave man you know he 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 uh, he expect a lot from his audience. And uh, if you have a chance, please watch Taxi Women. Any movie by Mr. Tommy San. Yeah, he's yeah. great. Uh, I love ramen. Uh, which one? I love ramen. ramen. And I also like the scene. The, remember the part they are playing with egg and then shrimp? On the oh, stomach? yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. It blew my mind. I saw it as a kid. I'm like, why? That's what adults do. And then, yeah. like, <laughs> There's a scene in it, uh, Tom Popo, one of the gangster. Um, I, I, I think. Um, his name is he's he's another Japanese actor that really quite uh, well overseas. Yeah, Ko, that that's Koji Yakusho. Yeah, oh uh, Yakusho Koji. Koji. Yeah. Uh, for those of you, if you're familiar with him, he was in a movie called um, uh, Shall We Dance mm -hmm. in like mm -hmm. the late '90s and went a huge blockbuster later and, on. And he's also in this movie that uh, I, I keep uh, telling Yoshi to see uh, called uh, I Just Didn't Do It. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He plays. Um, yes, uh, so, sorry, demo. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was in another movie called Eel. He become uh, something happened in the story where he befriends a eel, literally, huh. and uh, terrific actor. But there's a scene at the hotel. Him and his girlfriend, they're having sex. But there's a lot of food play, foreplay with food. Yeah. yeah. So you know, there's a scene where uh, he get raw egg. Put it. Put the yellow part in his mouth. He would drop it in his girlfriend's mouth, and she would return in his mouth. This didn't go back and forth until he broke in her mouth. And that scene you were talking about, it was interesting. There's a two live um, shrimp, shrimp mm. mixed with soy sauce or something in, uh, in, in a, a glass jar, bowl, glass bowl yeah. on the girl's stomach. So they're going crazy and like that. The craziness is scratching her stomach, and she's giggling like you know. Yeah. yeah like she's being tickled. Yeah. Yeah. But the, but um, that's interesting stuff. I, I think you're satisfying different appetite, right? Like you eat food that's satisfying appetite, but sexual yeah. appetite too. And like it was kind of cool. I I, I kind of understand. I think I think it's not for everyone, but um, yeah. I I could understand. Why some people are into like food and sex at the same time? You know, I I, I just think it's it's very uh, the, the I think the one of the reasons the movie appeals to everyone or a lot well, of we all get hungry. A lot it. of people, yeah, exactly. It's very it, it makes food look great, mm -hmm. <laughs> and even the stuff that I'm not really into, like that scene you were talking about, is kind of gross to me. But yeah, but it's just the the fact that every scene ties back to that theme and it's like after a while it's like music you keep going back to that that theme mm -hmm. every you're like some random thing they're 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 uh something's happening and then some all of a sudden some guy you've never seen in the movie yeah. comes running past and then the camera follows him he's running through the city he goes to some some this total other plot happens and it has something to do with food 
and then you go back to the main plot and then there's like another uh, it's very to, strange because there's so many scenes like uh, unrelated and just yeah. random weird stuff but know? it all works because because mm -hmm. thematically it's so strong you know it's all mm -hmm. you know you're just constantly about e eating one of my favorite scenes from the movie is very touching, and this is something that, um, if you have a good relationship, your mother, like this, in, in some cultures, like when mother dies and giving labor, uh, birth to a child, it's considered heroic, and mm. and you know mothers are always there nurturing you. But th there's this one t very touching scene in the movie where this guy I didn't see uh, he was nowhere in the movie all you see him is running next to a train station barely gets home his wife is dying and the doctor and the nurse is there and basically they're kind of getting ready for her to pass as a YA and she, he's screaming desperately like telling her don't die and then um, god damn it go and make food your, your kids are getting and there's three kids there she she's dying but she gets up and she go into the kitchen make um, chahan <laughs> which is fried rice and she barely make it and while they're eating she collapsed and died and then uh, it's, it's like th there's a moment like a smile on her face like she's, she was able to feed them yeah. and um, um, it's almost like you know when Jesus was having the Last Supper and whatnot yeah. but but the, he started crying the kids started crying but he screamed and this is so Japanese when he <laughs> said god damn it your mother made the last meal for you. Still hot, eat it. And they're eating while they're they're crying, you know. Yeah. And um, which I would think would put you off your food later on, you know. Like <laughs> you'd be like be thinking of your dying mother every time you have a meal. But, yeah. You know. But, but it's but, that, but it's a comedy. You know, the, the whole thing is it, it, it's it, what's great is like there's these very touching moments, but mixed with like kind of very crowd-pleasing humor yeah so, and clever humor very clever funny, humor yeah. and and you know um i i really like when you're like when you're making getting ready for the soup mm -hmm. like they were saying like you need to have a chicken you also need to have pork but because they have a certain smell you had to put put other vegetable something yeah. to mask the mm -hmm. smell mm -hmm. so yeah. you could enjoy the flavor but you right? have to parboil them first yeah. and all of but throughout the movie yeah. something ha horrible happened but they have to put something light uh, light hearted stuff in between so mm. you could still kind of you know like when you eat sushi what's that little uh, ginger ginger and what's that that stuff that you eat those uh, little condiments that you eat uh -uh. It's, it's almost like you just had one sushi uh. you had a pleasure eating it Mm. But you take this condiment so you could, you could wipe that flavor. Oh, like a clean your palate. Uh -huh. Palate. Yeah. So you could try something else. Yeah. And like it was throughout the movie with all this random weird stuff mm. that kind of prepared you for some of the good and bad stuff, you mm -hmm. know. And I, I I think I never realized how good the movie. I mean, I I thought it was so weird and I laughed and just made me hungry. <laughs> but isn't it weird? Like there's certain movies and certain books. When you get older, you watch it. You notice things that you didn't notice before. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that's why I always think when you were a kid, when you read books like *Grapes of Wrath* or uh, *Tom Sawyer* oh. or uh, *Great Gatsby*, all this great literature, it's really weird because you're so young to appreciate those stories. You know, yeah. uh, it's like taking young kids to travel overseas. They're yeah, so, they don't appreciate. They're so young; they're not going to remember and appreciate. But it's very strange. And when you read literature, or great movies, mm -hmm. if you're too young, I don't blame young kids. And this is stupid. Yeah, because it, 
that's a normal reaction, I think, you know. Yeah. What was the book you really loved as a kid? Well, I need to really think on that. What did you like, right? I read uh, as a little kid or as a teenager? Teenager. And teenagers, uh, in my teens, I was reading a lot of science fiction, and I oh. remember liking a lot of Robert Heinlein and Harlan Ellison stuff. I, I loved a lot of it, but I I don't know how much I... Oh, and Ray Bradbury. I liked him the, when I was... Funny you say yeah. that. That's the name that popped in my head. Yeah. Huh. Martian Chronicles, because I met that guy twice. He oh, spoke wow. at Torrance Sob a couple of times. Hmm. And... I, if I may, I, I think the reason why Rick like it, well, the reason <laughs> I like science fiction, because science fiction, you can imagine what might happen in the future. Mm. Uh, in Hollywood, you see all sorts of movies where something horrible happened, but I kind of like the Ray Bradbury because they expand your imagination, but they make things that seem impossible possible in the future, you know? Mm. And, um, and of course, they always help to meet the guy, but... Um, I don't know how much I really like this science fiction where the future is so dark and terrible. <laughs> I, I, I developed a taste for that later. And actually Harlan Ellison kind of set the spark because his stuff is kind of dark, especially for kids. But it's easy reading, so I think oh. I... Yeah. Um, Stranger in Strange Land. Stranger in Strange Land, I liked that one. There was something, another... w something with a cat. Uh, cat? There was a, one book has a title where I thought there was a cat in the title with Highlands cat. Anyway. Uh, there was another, there was one he did, uh, I, I remember it had, um, it was about some kid who had this pet that was kind of like a dinosaur-like alien creature. Yeah. On, on a, you know, they were living on some colonized world. Sure. And uh, I, I can't remember, I remember the creature was called Lum, in the, uh, you know, for short for Lummox, I think. Yeah. Uh, or uh, it was, had a name like that, and uh, but I can't remember. I can't remember the name of the, the the book. Anyway, the Star Beast or something like that. Well, how about yourself? I really love Catching the Rye. Mm -hmm. It blew my mind. Like until then, I was playing outside, happy kids. But then when <laughs> I read the book, I'm like, this is me. Like I understand like what he's talking about. Like he was talking about what like the bird at the lake and where does it go? I'm like. Oh, like he read my mind. Did you read it in English or in Japanese? In Japanese. Mm. And then I read all his other stuff, like Nine Story and whatever. And then I used to go to the library and every time I find a book, I'll flip it because I didn't want to share with anybody else. I'm like, this is for me. Mm -hmm. And then found out the guy who killed John Lennon loved yeah. that book too. It's like, yeah. oh, okay, something crazy about that book. But I really loved that book so much. Wait, wait, there was another incident with that book somebody tried to murder there's or been, somebody. There's been more than one. I, I, I think Ronald Reagan. Yeah, really? it's mm -hmm. it's um, it became kind of a running gag with uh, conspiracy theories. Uh, you know that that book had something to do with assassinations. And I wish someday when I have my comedy album, somebody go and try to murder somebody because it was mm -hmm. looking mine. <laughs> How weird is it? I hope it? it's you. Yeah. <laughs> How weird is it? Like you write something, not only once somebody tried to kill somebody mm -hmm. big. It mm -hmm. happened twice. That's strange. Yeah, it is mm -hmm. strange. Yeah. Isn't it strange? Like, <laughs> John Lennon almost got killed and President almost got killed. That's a pretty big... Yeah. If I write something where somebody, some random person got killed, that's horrible. But you think, like, Ronald Reagan almost got killed, 
and John Lennon. Yeah. Mm. That's some good writing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good writing. <laughs> Only other book that have a, that kind of track record is the Bible. I mean, oh. that has more inspir <laughs> inspired yeah. people to do some crazy shit. But um, yeah. was there crime and punishment? Maybe isn't that? Isn't that uh, am I thinking of the right Dostoevsky book? Yeah, there's uh, a murder, but there was such a. But wasn't Leopold and Loeb? Didn't they have something? Uh, some uh, fascination with that book, or maybe I'm. Leopold, is that the, the king of Belgium or something, or Germany? I can't remember. No, you know that's uh, I, I don't even know what the hell I'm talking about. I think that was the, the those are the guys who were um, arrested for kidnapping the Limburg baby, right? Wow. Oh, I don't know anything about that. Yeah. What they're reading a book. One of our one of your listeners is gonna say that guy doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about yeah. so I'm, ta I'm saying it right now I don't know what I'm talking about in Japan crime and punishment is like a school thing you have to read it and uh -huh. write an essay about it uh -huh. and it was so long I just thought it, it's bad to commit a crime and you get punished <laughs> <laughs> I hope and you didn't get a good grade I didn't on have that. a yeah, good grade <laughs> remember you say why why is Kurosawa so popular over here yeah 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 okay so he is a massive fan of uh, Russian literature, oh. especially Dostoevsky, for sure. Mm. And um, I, I think the reason Kurosawa is so popular in the West, and he was more popular in the West than Japan, mm. yeah, because he was such a, a lover of individualism, and um, he was influenced by Russian literature, Shakespeare, and, and he read many of the literature outside of uh, comfort of Japanese, you know, literature or whatnot. Yeah. But you could see it, it's like it's always individuals uh, struggling with something, you know, and that was a, I, 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 I love, uh, I love his movies. I didn't like um, Kagamusha. Mm -hmm. For some reason, I didn't think that. Shadow Warrior, yeah. For some reason, uh, I thought that Have you seen it? Sorry. Mm -hmm. That one seemed le like it wasn't, it was the least individualistic of any of his movies that mm -hmm. I've seen. It was more about, you know, big shots, you know, j like collective action and shit like that. Like Kagemusha was, you know, Takeda Shingen. Oh. When yeah. he died, oh. he yeah. had a double who pretended to be him because he was fighting with Oda Nobunaga, one of the three overlords who united Japan. But the fear oh. was if no Oda Nobunaga knew he was dead, he would be invaded by Nobunaga. So um, this Kagemusha, Kagemun Shadow, mm, right? Mm, mm. So they they had a uh, people that looked like them to so make sure they looked like a, he was alive. But um, wow. um, maybe if I understood more Japanese history, I, I it would have more resonance for me. But it seemed like it, like all his other movies have this really strong humanist yeah. point of view, and that one just seemed like strictly politics to me. It, yeah, and it didn't mm. really didn't have any. I wasn't enthralled by it at all. I, I mean, I, it looks great, like all his movies, but, you know, it's just... I don't even know how to explain, but I, I just love anything to do with Sengoku Jidai, which is a very important period of Japan, and, yeah. like, it will always disappoint me when I meet young people from Japan that they they don't know any of it, they have no interest, and I, I, I cannot believe... I just think Japanese history is one of the most interesting history in the world, mm. for sure, and, um... um what, what what an amazing history, you know, and um, um, yeah, so I, I highly recommend people watch Jidai uh, Teki. How would you explain that in English? Jidai, uh, 
what is it? What what historical piece? Yeah. drama? Or historical yeah. drama. Yeah. But you know, in Star Wars, Jedi Knight. Jedi come from Jedi taking. Oh, mm. Jedi. Because um, Spielberg and uh, George Lucas are big fan of Kurosawa and uh, mm -hmm. oh. his movie Hidden Fortress. Many yes. other characters. That, he stole the plot from Star Wars. Yes. Yeah. Really? <laughs> the two thieves in Hidden Fortress in Kurosawa's movie, R two D two and three C three. C three P. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there's wow. a very uh, rough and uh, tomboyish princess. That's Princess Leia. Oh and, wow! Uh, Toshiro Mufune's character is based on uh, what was later made into uh, Han Solo's character. That's so crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and, and when you look at Kurosawa's other movie, like uh, Seven Samurai, he will tell you it's not an original idea. There was another American novelist story where a bunch of cowboys came to rescue. Oh. The, so the Magnificent Seven. That was a copy of uh, uh, oh, that's right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Seven Samurai. Later. But yeah, there was yeah. another story. So there, people inspire other people, mm. you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, Kurosawa was incredible artist. But going back to Tom Popo, I, I just thought, uh, what a wonderful film. And um, there's a f another funny scene where this old lady go to grocery store and all she does squeeze food and stuff. <laughs> 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 because peach is really funny when they squeeze that because is, isn't it true like th there's a reference like a peach to homosexuality, remember? Like yeah. this because peach shaped like an ass. Yeah. So she was squeezing peach like a somebody's ass. Yeah, and you see and the, he was squeezing the, juice, the juice coming out. Just coming down the crack of the you know, the little cleft of the peach. There. Yeah. yeah. There's like a lot of but she was going around like pushing her thumb through a cheese. Oh, I really wanted that short shop owner to catch her and like kick her to death. Yeah. If it only had been Yoshi running that store. It's it, it, it's terrific. I I really enjoyed it a lot. Um <laughs> it's, it's, you get hungry watching it, yeah. and and yeah. golly, do you remember the scene, Michael? Um, there's a scene when um, Yakusho Koji, mm. Oh, mm. he was at the beach. He saw this young teenage girl jumping into water and get oyster, right? Yeah, yeah. And 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 he got one free from her. She opened it for him. And he's trying to suck it out, <laughs> and he cut his lip because it's kind of still attached inside the shell. Mm -hmm. So she gently take the sh uh, with a knife, uh, uh, loosen the, uh, yeah. the oyster, and um, he starts sucking it out of there. <laughs> he's bleeding, and next thing you know, it and she literally looks like twelve or thirteen. Yeah, and they're like French kissing. Yeah. She's licking the blood off of his lips while, yeah. uh, while uh, all the other fisherwomen look on. You know, it's it's <laughs> it's. I don't know. You, you can only do that in the eighties, I guess. Like it's just so. You know, she looks so young. Pe pe people get really uncomfortable saying that, but you know, in a, if you're talking like a, some of the hardcore Jewish people, they will tell you like a young girl turns to woman when they have a first period. Right. And and you know, um, some girls mature quicker than others, and yeah. and and um, I'm not I'm not saying go and fuck young girls, <laughs> but to, to say like you, there's you, a Jewish saying that if a young girl offers you an oyster, then that means that she's she's ready. Really? For <laughs> He's making that up. <laughs> I I I go, you know I understand because he looks so old. <laughs> He looks so old. One leg, one leg on the couch, one leg in the coffin. So everything that come out of his mouth must be wisdom and stuff. Uh -huh. Believe me. Um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Like I go, really? 
<laughs> but that's that's not like I know this is I know people are not gonna like it, but like that's such a turn on for me. Like, wow, she's only twelve or thirteen, and the way he she was kissing him, mm-hmm. like that ton, it looks like you're like like um, sea urchin. How do you say it in Japanese? Uni. Uni. Mm. Her her tongue looked like a uni. Oh. In Yoshi's defense, they do. Show oh, you don't have to defend me. They do show that she has breasts. Fully formed breasts. As I mean, uh, she <laughs> could she could very well have been like seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old, but looked very young. I don't yeah, know, yeah. but she's but, past but, puberty. But, but for my sake, I hope she's twelve or thirteen. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> for your fantasy, as you're going to sleep tonight. Want, yeah, I um, I think we were talking a little bit of Lolita today mm, by Vladimir yeah. Nova. No, the bulk up, and I'm sure Kurosawa read that too. And I, I know a lot of people not reading the book think it's all about 37 year old man having sex with a 12 year old, which is true. Mm-hmm. But um, it's interesting when you read that book. <laughs> people think it's a bunch of uneducated, like uh, perverts are doing that. Mm-hmm. But um, when you, if you read the book, you know what you learn. The people with a high education and a lot of liberal art education, they have a higher sense of aesthetic and art. Mm-hmm. Because of that, it's almost like their education kind of incite them to be excited by that sort of things. Like, um, like if you read like Death, Death in Venice, it's a story about this guy fall in love with this 12 year old boy, like a really young boy. He's so beautiful, he fall in love with it. Mm-hmm. Nothing sexual happened, I don't, I don't remember. But when you have aesthetic and art classes, things like that, when you have this so-called higher taste, because you, you hide behind the aesthetic, when you see beautiful things, you could almost kind of justify like, mm-hmm. well, I just have a, high, a better taste. Mm-hmm. I'm not a savage because I, mm-hmm. I, I, I appreciate these things mm-hmm. in liberal arts. Um, so which, which I thought was very, very strange. A- and not to mention, we live in an age where I, I think there's more, I, I don't know, do you think there's more pedophilia incident because there's more internet reporting to tell people there's people getting catch? Or there was always been pedophilia stuff where people attracted young kids, but there was no way to put in like a uh, news to everyone. Do you know what I'm trying to say here? I know what you're trying to say. You want to know my theory? Yes. Is that uh, it's become more of a thing because there's all this propaganda that all men want to fuck little kids, mm-hmm. and that's like, uh, and that's so that's internalized, and so uh, people who are maybe confused about their sexuality or insecure suddenly think, oh, that must be my problem. And I I, I just think it's so overblown. I mean, it's one... It's good that people are more aware that it happens. Like, in the old days, you're right, nobody knew or, you know, even cared, especially if they were in the Catholic... Church, I think there's always been people attracted to young kids. Oh, absolutely. But I, I think it's it's rare. I don't think there's this, there's huge swarms of guys who are looking to fuck kids. I just don't see it. If you're if you differentiate it between underage uh, girls and boys, then yes. But underage includes teenagers, which everybody wants to fuck a teenager. 
I um, it's very confusing sometimes because um, when these young attractive women wearing a very attractive revealing clothes let's say a girl like you were saying your friend with big boobs and she's wearing this attractive thing yeah guys gonna stare yeah and they get upset it's really weird dynamic because they want to look sexy to be looked at but also don't like getting stare at it's just like it's really confusing for guys too mm -hmm. like if you don't want to stare at us it probably help us if you don't dress like that but you have a right to dress like that it doesn't mean you you deserve a harassment either mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but what's confusing also for us I wonder sometimes is there more pedophile pedophile incidents because we promote such a youth culture right mm -hmm. like younger girls are seen more in a sexual outfit and things like that mm -hmm. and and it's really confusing if you're marketing people always marketing young kids when they're revealing clothes bombard it over and over and over mm -hmm. Yet we don't want you to think about those things. Mm -hmm. It's really confusing to me. I'm not. I'm not trying to blame the marketers, but yeah. you know what I'm trying to say here. Like, in one hand, they're trying to sell younger kids in like a revealing outfit and this and that. Mm -hmm. And why is it surprising if there's more uh, incident guys trying to fuck young kids or like? Um, I just think people should look at the reality and not this ideal. I mean, I don't know. I. I've come to terms with, you know, what I'm attracted to, and it's mm -hmm. not. And I'll, of course, I'm attracted to, uh, you know, young, attractive women, but, and, you know, or, or you know, even teenage girls. But it's like I, I, I would never want to have sex with one. You know, it's, it's just so. The reality is yeah. is so much different than. But the, that's what happened. The fantasy, the fantasy is what's being sold to us. It's not. It, you you would never want to be in the same room with sure. a fucking fifteen year old and have to make conversation. It'd, it'd be ridiculous. Um, haven't haven't this ever happened? Like when you meet some girl and next thing you know, without even thinking, you're popping like you're imagining your dick in her mouth. <laughs> oh. Yeah. How many times has that happened to you, Iko? I I don't know. I think women are different. I for sure. Yeah, we don't think that way. But then, for some reason, like, if I see somebody attractive... No, I don't even think of that. Like, I see a girl, and I'm like, oh, I want to, you know, put my shit in it. Mm. No, but I'm just saying, I'm talking to, like... I think a lot of guys think like that, yeah. or pop in their head. I do. <laughs> when a girl's bending over and picking something, those things pop up. I don't force myself to think that way. It just pop in my head. I'll picture it naked. Oh, yeah. Naked, yeah. or... How nice, I just meet someone, how nice is it just grab her head and just jam it in her mouth or something like that. I'm not saying go and do that, but these thoughts do pop in my head. Um, but I think it just, I think, I don't think it's a problem if you don't cross that line. I think anything you can think about is fine. You know, you can, thoughts are just thoughts. <laughs> you know, but I think even more like, boy, I would like to kill this guy, this annoying prick. You know, and then, then but, but he, that doesn't mean I'm gonna go kill but someone. I'm, but I'm still walking around. Yes. So mm. you know that it's mm. just a thought. Um, but when you when you meet young girls, and some of course this is not something that your friends want to hear, but like you'll meet your friends' kids, and like they get to the point like you know those awful thoughts pop in your head. But mm -hmm. I, I I just think it's it's perfectly fine as long as you don't cross that line. But you know, uh, recognize we're very sensitive about First Amendment and 
flat control and you know yeah. under this new por pornographic uh, child porn laws Lolita might be considered a child porn yeah I just think it's a it's a bad uh, it's a slippery slope when you start talking about what people can think about or, mm. or talk about or write about or draw you know it, it just doesn't uh, there's no there's no reason for that. It, 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 there, there should be a strict, and I always respected that about Japanese culture because you've got you know manga that are completely perverted and twisted sure. and and violent and sexual that anyone can read at any age, and I always thought that showed a really healthy society in that way, that that they trust the average person to separate fantasy and reality. Yeah. Which they don't in America. It's very, it's concerned. I mean, they do with somehow with violence, you can do that, but not with sex. Yeah, somehow it's okay to put a bunch of violent shit and it has no effect on you and you can watch it, but yeah. somehow if you put sex, it's, it's uh, very strange. Yeah. Europeans are the other way around. They want to show less violence, sex is not a problem, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so. Tom Popo, you want to say anything more about Tom Popo? No, that's good. I just uh, love the. Lo I'm kind of wanna. I'm interested hearing after this podcast if you're still interested. Just watch the movie, enjoy it. It's wonderful. Yeah. Itami-san, I, I think he, I think he was murdered. It's very sad. Uh, if he would have lived, I don't know how much more work he would have done with his wife. And um, in fact, the book that we uh, recognize, we always talk about, Straight Jacket Society by Dr. Miyamoto. Mm. The foreword was written by Mr. Itami-san about how um, there are problems in Japan and um, you know when you criticize something it's not because you hate them because you you love them so much that you mm. wanted them to get better and mm -hmm. I think that's what we want for Japan you know and, uh, and his, his uh, uh, Itami's uh, widow is a great actress and she's in every one of his movies that he directed uh, in fact I think they may have met as actors because uh, she was an actress through mm -hmm. Uh, through the 70s and he w he was an actor before he became a director sure and um yeah any of his movies are great and uh coincidentally they all star or feature her and she's she's just really great comics comic actress yeah and uh i'm i'm very sorry that uh miss miyamoto nobuko uh her career kind of like um Stagnate after her husband died. I, I was looking at IMDb and it looks like she did a lot of. She still does TV from time to time, so mm -hmm. she's been working through the last decade doing TV shows. Um, maybe we'll talk about the other movie another time. Because, yeah. Uh, we, but, but couple questions. Um, so we, we were we were talking like why some actors in Japan do really well in Japan, but when they try to do something overseas, mm -hmm. they don't do well. And mm -hmm. there are act Japanese actors that do really well overseas, but perhaps they don't. They're not as big in Japan. Yeah. It's very very odd. Do you have any idea why, Aiko? I think in Japan, the the kind of guy we like is very girly. Like we never find somebody who's masculine and. Um, Mainly attractive, mm. so a girly guy would do really well. But here, they want if they want men, they want men. Yeah. So I yeah. think that's like the. Where does where does the uh, Kitano uh, 
beat Takashi. Uh, yeah, where does Takashi Katano fit into all that? Because He's, uh, how big in Japan is he? Huge. He was like the biggest comic. I grew up watching him yeah. doing comedy. But people think of him as a comic there pr more than as an action movie right, yeah. guy, right? I mean, yeah. I find him attractive, but then in Japan, he's not sold as you know good-looking actor or anything like that. P part of his, part of his comedy is his uh, in intimidation factor, right? He's yeah, a, it's crazy because he's so. Uh, well, you know, rough. I, I tried to watch some of his stand-up from the seventies. And he was talking about subject matter that most Japanese don't talk about. Like he was making fun of handicapped people and <laughs> burn victim and. Um, I love it. Yeah, but that's you know you probably watch more than I have, but that's not a typical manzai no. which is stand up uh, topic that people talk about. So I, I was really astonished when he was talking about it, and people are laughing, but they're also like. <laughs> like gasping because they just can't believe some of the stuff he was talking about yeah mm. and until he had an opportunity to make a movie uh um violent cop no even uh oh sanatang uh, oh that was oh, that, so that came later. yeah, yeah oh. that movie some other director was doing it but there was some kind of problem so he ended up taking over and became a director for oh. it and then that's that's the one i think the first movie that made Really? I thought that came later. I thought that was some That's the one he kind of got him noticed overseas. Mm -hmm. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah. And um, there's some like, uh, you know, every one of us have a certain speech pattern. So certain people have a certain pattern acting and directing. Mm -hmm. it, it was very different and made some notice overseas. And like when I saw it and like, I really loved it. The very subtle things. Yeah. No overacting. Yeah. Even when they're shooting each other, everybody kind of stay in one spot, keep shooting until <laughs> everyone's dead. <laughs> I find that really odd. It's 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 all part of like the, he took like the idea of deadpan comedy and translated it into like mm. like a violent movie. You know, like yeah. the idea like that. Yeah, just you stand stand and like so like um. A gunfight becomes just like like a staring contest. Yeah. <laughs> instead of instead of a lot of running around, you know, it's not like the John Woo kind of fucking calisthenics or anything like that. You know. yeah. it, it, those just those Chinese movies are wonderful and unbelievable yeah. acrobatic style, but in real life, people most people don't fight like that. <laughs> mm. And I'm not saying Kitano's. You mean in slow motion? Yeah, the, yeah. the, the, the Kitano yeah. thing is not same either but I, I'm more inclined to think his way of violence seems more realistic than say like those crazy unbelievable acrobatic fighting yeah. it's so beautiful but when you fight it's it's just the pornography too who fuck like that perfect <laughs> yeah. hair angle makeup and then cum shot is perfect and, uh, you know what I mean yeah. in the real life it's just never I like movies when you see violence it's 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 for what it is it's horrible mm -hmm. mm. it's not something that you should be feel good about mm. yeah. it's not something that you should make you it, it, it just it should be a horrific event and when you watch it stop it's just hor horrifying mm. you know mm. and then uh, I, I really like Big Takeshi's movie but yeah. going back to him he's very unusual because he's a writer he produced TV shows he acts he produced movies he directs movies and I think out of all the Japanese show business people, he's one of those few guys actually have a lot of um, critical acclaim. Maybe not last 10 years with some of the newer stuff, mm -hmm. but some of the older stuff like Hanabi, Sanatang. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Man, those movies, 
when the French intelligentsia is lo loving it, you know, uh, they have a lot of respect. Now, when it comes to financial rewards, I don't know how much money his movies has made. Mm. I don't know, but I know in the late 90s, he produced a shitload of other people's movies as well. Yeah. Like his his uh, production. And it's funny that, that a lot of the directors that he produced <laughs> kind of aped his style of directing. Like, they all kind of have that very... Uh, Deadpan, slow pace, yeah. like editing style of you know long takes and 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 kind of quirky uh, uh, quirky comedy, very slow, like not obvious yeah. stuff. And I knew I knew watching his movies how wonderful they are. You know, like even Hanabi, where his wife is dying from cancer and mm. he's he's a cop, but he's breaking all the law to give him give her more. That what little time she had to give her like a meaningful, wonderful few days, and mm -hmm. it's it's got a very sad ending to it. But um, um, it's really weird to see so much tenderness in a, such a fucking violent film. <laughs> it's so violent, yeah. you know. And in like when you watch Chinese movie with fighting, it's looks so beautiful, like a ballerina, like it's unbelievable acrobatic and mm. uh, athleticism. Yeah. But when you see beat Turkish violence, like it's amazing, but you you don't feel good. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's like my horrible joke. Like you yeah. might laugh, but like you don't feel good about laughing at that joke. You mm -hmm. know. Um, yeah. So I, I I love his. I just I'm a big fan of his. And when Tarantino talk about him, like wow, that, you know, when when Tarantino says such a wonderful things about you, I just feel like good for him. Yeah. He, he done it all. Comedy, serious acting violence you mm -hmm. know uh he even plays zatoichi which is the legendary japanese tv show where blind swordsman and that was great did you like did you like that one i didn't like that one. it's almost like when you see like a post-modern version of opera of yeah thing, like they get too little clever i mean I, I i i liked it for what it was um i just like when he does a vi simple violent film and not trying to overact Oh. Yeah, no one else can play Satoichi though, man. But uh, the original guy was yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah, he's he's great. So you like his comedy when you were growing up? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he said that he used to have TV show because TV show makes him money and turn around and use that money to make movies. So oh, okay, he really is an artist. Yeah, I have to say. Yeah, I was amazed the few times I was in Japan that he's still doing TV just as much you know he like, need the money yeah it's crazy I mean, it's he's it's not as uh he doesn't seem to be he seems to be kind of like not contributing as much as he used to like i've seen clips from his 90s stuff where he's really your 80s and 90s where he's really uh the star of the show you yeah. know now it just seems like he's just another celebrity mm -hmm. you know face that they have in the corner of the screen while they're looking yeah. at something you know? But uh, yeah, he's a great character, and th th his whole backstory, you know, his accident and everything is sure. amazing. And I'm, I, I think I'm, I have a feeling for him because his his mother, when he was acting bad, used to say like, "You're bad because your grandfather's Korean or whatever like that." <laughs> yeah. Um. Also, I like it because he came from like a strip joint. Mm. He grew up as a comic and then working at the strip theater. Yeah. There was like a naked women and. He came in young and he found his voice there. So yeah. I find it like interesting. And 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 I I know some 
liberal white people especially get uncomfortable when you make fun of these so-called so um, unfortunate groups of people mm. but I kind of like I could kind of understand where he's coming from because people always consider them invisible like they're not even there that's mm. the problem is that they're invisible it's not so if you make yeah. them I know it makes the liberal people uncomfortable but at the same time make them make them realize those people do exist and and um, even if you ridicule them in a little bit of it I could kind of see good in ridiculing them because you're actually making them like real they're really there yeah most Japanese prefer like those people didn't exist yeah it's true it's so true yeah man. yeah I, I didn't know there's people with autism until I came here yeah mm -hmm. you hardly ever see it like your parents would hide you but here they're out you know doing wow. their activity crazy yeah. and mental illness is something that um this is something where I think white people are just amazing and wonderful. Yeah. Amazing because Thank you. They go up they go up and like they talk about their problem and they're so honest about it. Yeah. To most Japanese it's just like it's embarrassing for the family, but I think most Japanese also feel like they're making their problem everyone else's problem. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm here for. So I, I think I think that's a that's part of it, but I think it's really brave to go and say I have fucking problem. You know, this happened to me when I was a kid, or my mother was an alcoholic, and I had a this and that. I don't. I, it may seem that brave to you, but I I think uh, it's just so part of American culture. It's just a way of getting attention. I think the Japanese view is is about it. There is some truth to that. That is just that. I I, I don't know. I I I, I like that we're uh when i say we americans are are direct about a lot of things mm -hmm. but on the other hand there is a huge me 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 kind of attitude we, where 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 the more uh you can describe yourself as a victim the 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 more attention you'll get and the more uh you know sympathy you, I, I, you I agree I, I think we don't like it when they're taking advantage of it i, yeah. I um um and of course, Japanese people are right too that they should have dignity. But I, I think I just don't like when they go too extreme on one side or another. There should be some kind of moderation where you can talk about your problems sure. and deal with some dignity or get your help. You know, yeah. mm -hmm. and that's the hard part. I think uh, once again, trying to spend the plates on the stick. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Um, yeah, B. Takeshi, big fan. Um, nothing but the, um, but can we talk a couple other like actors that they, they they speak pretty decent English? Yeah, they're kind of known in the states, or at least I think the Westerners recognize their faces, but maybe not knowing who they are. So um, I I was surprised. So you know that Yasuoka Vikia. Vikia. Mm, Vikia. Yeah. So uh, who is in Tampopo? Mm -hmm. Is that is that him? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the guy. Yes, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah. So he he was famous for Shall We Dance, and uh, he he plays really good subtle roles, um, and uh, he was the guy who had the girlfriend passing out the egg egg through their mouth, whatever. But mm -hmm. he was in the movie EO, and yeah, he's a he he's put no the, that, the the one the the egg guy was a. Uh, Koji. 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 Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. So who is, uh, 
Yasuoko is the guy who's half uh, Italian, right? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Sorry. And um, that's right. Um, so I think. Oh, okay. So I'm sorry. I, I think uh, you're talking about Koji. So uh, we talk about Takashi uh, Ken Watanabe. We talk about he. He's more known, I think, in overseas because yeah. he does a big blockbuster film, mm. Inception, uh, uh, Batman, and uh, Last Samurai. And it's funny because he looks as an older guy. He looks kind of tough, but uh, in in uh, Tom, Popo, Tom Popo, he's 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 like this young, fresh-faced kid. Punk, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in fact, Ken Watanabe looks so distinguished. He he. He has a statue like Clint Eastwood was when he was younger, mm -hmm. like a Duty Harry or something. Mm -hmm. But he has a sense of humor and tenderness of, uh, I don't know, how would I explain? The, the, there's a sweetness to the guy. Mm -hmm. And um, he, he's, he's terrific, but it's surprising to That's hear a, from As I said, he's like Ernest Borgnine. Just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he's not that... Big Takish is bigger than him in Japan. Yeah. 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 And... Uh, but what, what? But what about this guy, Sanada Hiroyuki? He's like a heartthrob. Yeah, yeah, and the, those of you who watched Lost, he was what? Uh, he was a member of Others. Mm. Uh, he was in a TV show on ABC called Revenge. Oh, okay. Uh, he was in the movie Wolverine, Rush Hour Three, and um, um, terrific English speaker, good actor, and um, you know, good-looking guy. And um, how does he rank in Japan as a? Is he super famous there? Or? Yeah. He's famous. How does he rank compared to Ken Watanabe and uh, B. Takeshi-san? Takeshi's big because he has a TV show. It's on every week. But the other people, they are known as more of like stage actor or like movie actor. Mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. But once you make it in Hollywood, you become big in Japan too. Yeah. Yeah. It, we were talking about this before. Like a couple of these guys are... Uh, more are no, are are known in the states for doing Hollywood blockbusters. Yeah, but I think the point I was trying to make is I think that people who are fans of Hollywood blockbusters are less likely to know the names of the foreign actors, whereas it's not just for, not not just foreign actor but characters like we usually yeah. say like that guy. Yeah, that that, that guy or that yeah. guy. but guys nerds basically who are into like Japanese movies know Beat Takeshi and they're, they're total sure. he's like got lots of name recognition because those guys do know the names of the actors sure mm. so and I think he'd probably be the biggest over here and like if, if you talk about like old time yeah like Toshiro Mifume and uh, uh, Nak uh, Nakadai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know about Nakadai. I, I I love him. He's one of my favorites. But I think Mifune uh, by far has the biggest who, what was of it? the classic uh, uh, actors. You know. what, what's that guy's name? Or uh, Takakura Ken, maybe. Takakura Ken is up there, but Shimura. Um, Shimura Ken. No, 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 not the comedian. He's um he <laughs> he was in Last uh, Seven Samurais and he also uh, uh, Ikiru, the old guy. Oh yes, and, uh, I always forget it. And uh, he, um, he, he was um, um, very distinguished. And um, why am I forgetting his name? He also in Tokyo Story. Right? No, no, no. He no, was no. not in Tokyo Story. Oh, okay. Right. I don't think so. But he was not a distinguished actor uh, in history of Japanese cinema, and um, a terrific actor. Um, 
But I, I, I think right now, living Japanese actors, mm. Watanabe is probably known mostly overseas, and uh, Sanada-san is getting up there. He, you see him in a lot of TV shows. Um, what about this girl, uh, Kikuchi? Rinko. Uh, those of you who watch Babel with uh, Brad Pitt, she was a naked girl in that movie, but she was also in the Pacific Rim. And um, good for her, but how, is, she, is she big in Japan? I think uh, she's bigger here, I think. There's other actress big in Japan, but... Um, Koyuki, was yeah. it? The girl was, uh, she was in... Um, Love interest in Tom Cruise's uh, Last Samurai. Yeah. She's beautiful. She's yeah. what I call classic Japanese beauty. Um, but it's interesting that what skill that you need and uh, appearance and personality to do well in Japan, it's not necessarily the same thing uh, overseas. Like, this is something you said interesting. Most Japanese men like kawaii on nanako, like mm. cute girls, not beautiful girls, mm. like sexy girls. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 uh, in this, Overseas, if when they think of a Japanese girl, they probably like beautiful Japanese girl, not cute girl. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Being cute is everything in Japan. I remember first time I saw like a pinup girl, like how they pose. Yeah, it's very like how do you say, aggressive mm -hmm. in the wild. Like they they like the same pose. Like they kind of like to crawl like animals. Yeah, here. yeah. And I find it shocking because if Japanese girl did it, we don't find it attractive. Yeah. We like socks, certain things we like, but here they like, you know, always certain things like they like, like putting the finger in the mouth, whatever, like, mm -hmm. such, I love like suggesting aggressively. Yeah. It's supposed to be hot here. It's weird. I don't think of it as an aggressive thing. It's just, it's like a totally different style of, of, uh, yeah. of sexy. And I don't, I don't even think, yeah, I'm not into that. I'm, I'm with Yoshi. I don't like the kawaii shit either. It, it's, um, but that's what Japanese men like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. W why do you think? Do you think because the cute girls are more easy to deal with and control? I think it's still subliminally we think like women supposed to be submissive. Yeah. So then that's like what's attractive. Mm -hmm. You know, you're trained to think that way. Mm -hmm. So when women is more independent and like being sexy doing women shit, it's not it doesn't turn because when you look at Japanese porn and you see some Asian girls in American porn, I, I find like I'm friends with uh, um, Asakira. She's a beautiful girl. She's funny on Twitter. She's very funny. <laughs> very That's what I, I heard that your friend Jen Norton was, was talking about her, one of her tweets. He said uh, she, that she tweeted, uh, opinions are like assholes. Fuck yours. <laughs> And she's she's very very funny and she's very sexy. But yeah. for me, I don't know if r real regular Japanese men will find her attractive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cause she's too sexy and too aggressive yeah. and uh, very confident. And uh, I think she's beautiful. Yeah, she's she's like sister to me. But um, she's not what I call kawaii. I don't mm -hmm. think they will apply that. No. That kind of sexiness is. I don't know why why that's the case, and like you know, last ten fifteen years, like even in Japan and South Korea, the kind of guy that women like is almost metrosexual type looking guys, mm -hmm. right. you know. And one of the things that I remember here I come, ladies. Yes. <laughs> one one of the things that I remember, you know, spending this reading about this sort of things, 
when you live in, in a third world country where there's a lot of um, health disease and parasites and things like that, women find men with a masculine look more attractive oh. than others. So when you go like Iraq, you look at like Saddam Hussein. That's like, it's a third world country. He's a good looking guy, but he has like a tough, rough, aggressive look. Mm. Not anymore. Well, he's dead now. <laughs> Whereas when you have like a rich country like US and Japan, like um, Justin Bieber, mm -hmm. he's a good looking kid, good looking guy, but I can't say that's a very aggressive masculine look. Mm. He's a good looking in a cute way. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I can't say when Schwarzenegger was the peak of his career, he's a good looking guy, but you never say, oh, he's a, that's a cute looking guy. Mm -hmm. yeah. You don't do that. Um, so uh, going back, Kikuchi Linko, she's 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 doing look like she sounds like she's doing really well overseas, yeah. but not o okay in Japan. Okay in Japan, yeah. And um, how about um, maybe we, we'll talk about this, and maybe we should end because well we we're 15 minutes away from two hours. So this this is an actor that I really love, and I was very sad he passed away in 1989. The movie that I went to see as a 20-year-old kid, I was very happy to see that movie. It was one of those like growing up in the state uh, for that 10-year period. It just made me proud to watch this movie <laughs> because um, they show this actor in such a wonderful light, even though he was playing bad guy. And of course, I'm I'm, I'm talking about Black Rain, and uh, uh, I'm talking about Matsuda Yusaku, mm. and. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about him? Well, what 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 do you know about him? He's two of his kids is famous actor. And a daughter and a son. Yeah, so his whole family is successful. Yeah. But he died uh, much younger, right? He died when he was thirty-seven, thirty-eight. He he, uh, he died out of cancer, and while he was making um, the Black Rain, uh, he was dying from the cancer, but he didn't tell anyone. And That's so Japanese, yeah. right? He doesn't want to make his problem everyone else's. It's and like I, Akira. <laughs> what? It's like the plot of Akira. Huh? Right? The, the main character in Akira is uh, oh, yeah, dying yeah. and you know, doesn't tell anybody. Anyway. Um, and he played a bad guy in it uh, opposite of Michael Douglas and Ken Takurakin. And it's a fantastic film. Black Rain, there was another movie called Black Rain, but this particular one they were talking about, it's a reference to after that nuclear bomb was dropped in Japan, they had a rain and it was raining black. Oh, mm -hmm. radiation. Yeah. And, and um, it's basically Japanese mob went to Brooklyn, New York City to get a counterfeit thing and uh, Michael Douglas getting involved and he, he's taking Mr. Matsuda's character back to Japan and then all this um, other horrible things happen and mm. uh, Andy Garcia was also in the movie too but when I saw the movie I just loved it uh, maybe it's not the classic that everyone uh, mm -hmm. criticizing for but I really really loved the movie they filmed it in my hometown in Osaka uh, Namba mm. uh, Taishoku and places like that and there's a scene where in the beginning of the scene where Northwest Airline which doesn't even exist anymore flying over Osaka, it, they were flying over this area called Meganehashi, which uh. is Glasses Bridge. Uh -uh. Mm. And I was born within like a uh, quarter of a mile, half a mile from there. Wow. So when I saw that, like, oh my God, I, I grew up like literally <laughs> hanging out there when I was a kid. 
and uh, what a thrill to see that movie. I really, really enjoyed it a lot. Uh, uh, I, I have to say. Um, How old were you when it came out? Nineteen or twenty. It was very nostalgic to see that movie. Do you ever go to Kanidoraku? Oh yeah, that's the place in Namba. You see giant crab against this restaurant. Yeah. And the, the crab legs are moving like this, and you know, you go in. They they, they make everything crab. crab. Yeah. Is it good? Yeah, it was, I liked it a lot. I want to go there. And, uh, oh, I forgot the name of the bridge right there. Is it where people jump off when the baseball and then they win? Very few times when Hanshin Tigers actually mm -hmm. won, they jumped out of the bridge. Yeah. And uh, they said that um, the year Hanshin Tigers won, like 25, 30 years ago, <laughs> um, there's crowds right by the bridge in, in Namba in Osaka, right? And uh, every time they mention the play, one of the players' first name, whoever have that name of that first player's name jump into water. <laughs> but one of the players is American, and I think he's a congressman in Oklahoma or something. I don't remember his name. They mentioned his name, and obviously none of the Japanese have <laughs> it. So you know what they did? They went to KFC, grabbed uh, Colonel Sanders' statue, and grabbed it, <laughs> threw it in the water, and the legend was, until they find the Colonel Sanders' statue, hunting tigers will never win. It's, it's, <laughs> wow. it's, it's a similar thing they said about... So basically it's the Gaijin's fault the, yeah. for, having, for being foreign. It's, it's a similar thing that happened with um, <laughs> that the Chicago Cubs that there was some kind of billy goat or something something happened to this goat and they're saying the legend was until they revived that goat or something good happened to the goat or uh, res show respect to that goat chicago cub the Can team will never win I, it has something to do with the goat i remember oh. there's some kind of curse because baseball, baseball people are very superstitious you know yeah yeah but that bridge is like a nampa how do you explain nampa nampa is you get a number from the girl quickly on the street so there's a bridge where people jump. That's the bridge. Uh, oh, that's the bridge where the where all the uh, fucking host boys hang that's out. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I know that, that bridge I've where you see guys. I spent a lot of time on there watching those weirdos. Because that bridge is where guys would like a ask a solicit girl that hey you should come to this club. There's a lot of good looking guys here yeah. and things like that. And that's where guys will go with a lot of confidence to ask girl out. You know, yeah. and um, it's really interesting. I um, it always amuses me when I meet those Japanese guys that have a confidence of a um, some Italian guy from Brooklyn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really funny, um, but um, yeah, the the, the, the Mr. Masuda-san is very very sad when he died because there was a rumor um, like like I, I'm repeating myself over and over mm. he was supposed to do a movie with Robert De Niro wow. after that movie there was a lot of requests and uh, if he would have lived I, I just thought he would have had an incredible career like mm. he was like he, he could have made it easier for other actors to come earlier to the stage you know and an interesting story like they were saying his mother was um, mm. Zainichi Kankokujin which mm. is like uh, Korean Japanese yeah. living in Japan, and then uh, he never knew his father, and um, he actually lived in the states for like a little bit when he was a kid. He hated living here, hmm. went back to Japan. Uh, he seemed like he had a really tough upbringing, and he he um, through his first wife got a help to change his citizenship from South Korean to Japanese. 
Mm. So uh, he's one of the few Zaichi Korean living in Japan did something with his life. Mm. You just uh, not to change the subject, but when you when you were a kid, when you were still in Japan, do you had had you seen any Hollywood movies back then? I watched it because my dad was such a big fan. Uh -huh. um, like on TV or? Yeah. Oh, okay. I remember watching Lawrence of Arabia with him. Well, that's oh, wow. not an American movie, but uh, British. Yeah. Um, and uh, what's the one with The Graduate? That's one of my favorite things. Uh -huh. it was, so it was such a thrill when I met Dustin Hoffman at the Tonight Show. Uh -huh. You my, did? Mm -hmm. oh, wow. He was a very nice guy. Very oh. nice. And I told him, um, I told him uh, he almost made me cry because he was an actor's studio and he was talking about how bad a relationship he had with his dad. Mm. And I don't think he was acting, he really bothered him, you know. But um, mm. when I said that, he kind of paused and like stopped talking with everyone, kind of spent a few more minutes talking to me and mm. he went in there for I was acting, like a comic and whatnot. But he was a very, very nice man and uh, graduate. I mean, that just burned through my head. I, I, uh, that, that's one of the few movies. That one, uh, Lawrence Arabia, I remember. Um, you'll laugh, Moonraker by James Bond. That's mm -hmm. the first American movie I watched at the movie theater with my dad. That mm -hmm. was 1979. And um, yeah, I, 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 I really, m movie definitely have an influence on people, yeah. you know. It's reminiscent of the past, you know. Um, Did you ever see uh, Straight Time with Dustin Hoffman? No, what's uh, that? Yeah, you got to see that. It's it's a really great movie. He plays a an ex-con who's trying to get on his feet and really underrated movie. I don't know how. Wait, wasn't he a star of Papillon? Yes. Papillon. Means French for butterfly. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Right, he Him was, and Steve McQueen, right? That's right, both of those yeah, guys. Yeah. No, uh Dustin Hoffman, man. Um Yeah, he he he's terrific. Mm. Uh, Midnight Cowboy. Yeah, yeah. That was him, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you were uh, you were changing oh, the subject. Oh, but Matsuda-san. Yeah, yeah, it's just that very sad. He, there's, there's, you could be a great actor, mm -hmm. but having that like almost like a raw animalistic mag magnetism, mm -hmm. he definitely had it. You know, he he really was. Uh, uh, there was a ferociousness to him, you know? Yeah. And he got in trouble when he was a young kid, like beat up two people oh, badly, wow. yeah. I could kind of see, he... He almost was like the poor man's Japanese Marlon Brando. Because, <laughs> mm. you know what I mean? Like, Marlon Brando had the rawness that... Uh, yeah, yeah. That's not something, you either were born with it or you're not, yeah. you know? Mm. And yeah, I was very sad when he passed away, and I, I wish nothing but the best to his kids. Um, it, it's funny how like there's certain actors that have that uh, kind of uh, it's just this visceral like appeal. Like as, as guys, I don't know if, if you know some some women like it, some women don't. But like Mifune had it, you know, like or oh, or, sure. or Charles Bronson, or, like these guys who are. None of, even 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 if they're I have to say Charles Bronson have a pretty limited acting talent. Well, th that's the thing. Uh, it, it, but he has that rawness. That's man. the thing. So y y y there's whether or not they have the actor, and some great actors have it, and uh, some guys who aren't like Bronson who are yeah. very limited. Uh, it's still the, the this masculine appeal that that, uh, that people relate to. It's mm -hmm. very str very strange how like. The, to me, 
it's whether you're a great actor or not. You can be a great movie star, whether you're, whether you're a great actor or not. And I think a lot of the, the great stars have that, you know, it's like a certain charm mm. that, yeah. that, uh, that attracts guys, you know, that makes you want to be, you know, they just have something that, that guys want to be, you know, like yeah. a, a certain emotional power that, that's almost physical, you know. It's it's really. Strange. That's what they used to say about Julius Caesar. Really. Every woman's man and every man's woman. <laughs> he he. he hmm. You know, once that song really had a appeal to both men and women. I think, yeah, you know, and hmm. um, boy, and he was a really tall guy too. Yeah, he just I don't know. Um, I. You, Watch Black Rain and see this man. And uh, even if you don't recognize his name and you know you can't believe me, if you watch the movie, you know right away which guy I'm talking about. Mm. Mm. You know, and for him to just keep playing without complaining, dying with the cancer, you know. Um, anyway, any project coming up? Aiko, are you promoting anything? Uh, just just performing. I'm always at the comedy store Monday, okay. going up trying new stuff, and um, yeah. I don't know off my head. I should know where am I going next. Mm. Um, so your Twitter account is Aiko Tanaka. Tanaka, yeah. A I K O T A N A K. Yeah. And uh, Rick Hall is Tostubbers dot com and um, I'm, 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 not I'm, not dot com. No. I mean, I mean uh, Twitter's slash Tostubber T O E S T U B B R and um, mm. yeah, help Rick when he's in Japan and. Um, um, I'm hoping we get this uh, new podcast going and yeah. um, uh, just keep covering stuff in Japan. Sorry uh, if we've just been going over a circle and, um, you know, wh who are we? We're not expert on Japan. We just randomly talk about a bunch of nonsense. Well, like it says in Tom Popo when they're talking about uh, uh, eating noodles, everyone's an amateur. Oh, you know? so, good way to, yeah. <laughs> So, um, after you guys listen to this episode, if, if there's a subject that you want us to cover, we would like to. Um, today was a weird day for me, and I'm, I'm not going to get in detail, but it was a weird day. But, uh, yeah, this, this podcast made it fun. Um, Aiko always give us the best number, and, um, yeah. you know, um, keep hanging in there. I know yeah. it's, it's not easy sometimes, you know. Um, it's just not easy. All these weirdos have a weird agenda agenda with you, you know? are you talking about the comedy store not just that but I, I just think Life. if you're in the show business in LA mm. and if you see Asian women you know oh. so yeah. alright guys um, thanks for listening and uh, hope to uh, do another one hopefully at least maybe every other week until Rick leaves so support Rick and uh, hopefully we get this, we'll get this episode up in the uh, um, podcast soon. Alright, thanks for listening and talk to you guys soon.